0: Hi there, this is Jeremiah Jacques. Thank you for tuning into the Sun Also Rises radio show here on KPCG FM. Well, I want to begin here with a statement from the well known ocean researcher Robert Ballard. He said, Almost a quarter of our planet is a single mountain range, and we didn't enter it until after Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin went to the moon. So we went to the moon. And played golf up there before we went to the largest feature on our own planet. So he's talking about the mid-ocean ridge there. And that's a fascinating fact to consider. That we made it to the moon before ever exploring that massive undersea mountain range right here on Earth. And then here's another statement along the same lines from oceanographer Paul Snellgrove. He said... We know more about the surface of the Moon, and about Mars, than we do about the deep sea floor. That's incredible to hear. The Moon is about a quarter of a million miles away. Mars is about 120 million miles away. So how could it be that we could know more about those far away surfaces than we do about the deepest parts of the ocean right here on our own planet. And the answer is that even though they're distant, the surfaces of the moon and Mars, like the surface of Earth, can be illuminated by light and can be probed by radio waves. So scientists are able to use radars installed on satellites to see the echo generated by the moon's surface, or the surface of mars and they've used this method to create reasonably good images and uh, maps of those surfaces map resolution for this type of thing is measured by how large a feature has to be before we can see it on the map at full zoom so for the moon there's actually an entire field of study devoted to mapping it it's called selenography and selenographers have mapped all of the lunar surface to a resolution of about 23 feet. So that means if a feature like a hill or a crater is 23 feet across or larger, then that feature is visible on their maps. That's not quite enough to see the uh, the flags and the rovers that are up there, but it's a very impressive resolution. And Mars is actually not too far behind. NASA has had the Mars Odyssey orbiting the red planet for about 20 years now since 2001 i believe it is and it has created images of the entire planet at a resolution of 330 feet so if there's a crater 330 feet across we can see that on our images of mars but when it comes to the deep sea here on earth it's very hard to get electromagnetic waves like light or radio through And that's just because of the properties of liquid water. And the deeper you go into the water, the more difficult it gets to see or to map anything. We actually do have a map of 100% of the ocean floor, but the trouble is it's only to a resolution of three miles. So if there's a deep sea trench that's only two miles across, and I'm using the word only there pretty loosely because that would be a huge trench, But we would not see that on our best maps of the deep parts of the ocean floor. Some parts of it are mapped much better than that. But when you're talking about the oceans as a whole, three miles of resolution is the best we've been able to do so far. That's why when we hear about airplanes crashing into the ocean, experts are often not able to find them. A lot of the ocean is just too deep for us to be able to see it or illuminate it to a practical level. The Scientific American discussed this in a recent article, and they wrote, We do actually have a map of 100% of the ocean floor. From that, we can see the main features of its hidden landscape, such as the mid-ocean ridges. But that global map of the ocean floor is admittedly less detailed than maps of Mars, the Moon, or even Venus. And that's because of our planet's watery veil. So that watery veil truly is an obscure one. It keeps so much of the oceans hidden. And there is so much ocean on this planet. You know, any of us can take a look at a globe or a map of Earth and we can see that about 70% of Earth's surface is covered by oceans. But really, that's only part of the picture. That's just a 2D image, and the oceans are very, very 3D. When we look at a normal map or globe, we're just not seeing their depths. Mike Vecchione is a scientist with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration here in the U.S., and he recently spoke about this with Our Amazing Planet, and he said, Although hard numbers are difficult to pin down, the ocean possesses more than 90% of the living space on the planet and perhaps as much as 99%. So that's astounding. Once you factor in the ocean's depth, it's not 70% of Earth's living space, the way a surface map would suggest. It's more like 90, or even 99%. This makes me wonder if we should maybe consider a name change. You know, instead of Planet Earth, something like Planet Ocean might be more appropriate. And with the oceans being so vast and so obscure, it comes as no surprise to learn that much of the life in them is still unknown to us. To shine the light on some of this life,
1: we'll go now to a report by Mihailo Zekic. Humanity likes to think of itself as having mastered the unknown. We've climbed the tallest mountain, visited the deepest ocean, sent men to the North and South Poles. We've recreated the world of the past through discoveries in archaeology and paleontology. We've orbited the Earth and traveled to the moon. And there are even plans to send men to Mars. But, once in a while, nature has a few surprises in store for mankind hitherto undiscovered. Beaked whales are found throughout the world's oceans. Their size ranges from 12 to over 40 feet long, depending on the species. They're also among the most mysterious of whales. As deep divers, they spend a lot of time in the deep ocean, meaning that sightings are rare. One species, Cuvier's beaked whale, can dive down to almost 3,000 meters. That's over 9,800 feet and hold its breath for over two hours. Some species are only known from their carcasses washing up on the shore. Live specimens of these have never been observed. Perrin's beaked whale is one of these mystery whales known only from dead bodies. In 2018, scientists noticed a particular sound signal they labeled BW-43 off of Mexico's San Benito Islands. BW-43 currently hasn't been identified with any animal. Authorities suspect that the sound previously heard off of the coast of California might be the vocalizations of Perrin's beaked whale. The Sea Shepherd Conservation Society decided to investigate. They found a beaked whale, but it wasn't Perrin's beaked whale. They didn't know what it was. One day on the water, the team found three whales investigating their ship. They collected several photographs and video footage as well as recordings of the whale's vocalizations. The visual and audio footage has been analyzed, and it doesn't match with any known species. The vocalizations don't match with BW-43 either. The evidence suggests that the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society had discovered a species of whale new to science, and they just made the announcement last month. Here is a quote from Dr. Jay Barlow, one of the team leaders. Over the next several days, as we reviewed the data, all the photographs, the underwater images, the acoustic data that we collected in the vicinity of the animal, it became clear we didn't see Perrin's beaked whale we saw something new. Something that was not expected in this area. Something that doesn't match, either visually or acoustically, anything that's known to exist. And this is like searching for the last mastodon that's still somehow in a valley somewhere on this planet and then finding a unicorn instead. the team took samples of the water where the whales were swimming. Hopefully, traces of the whale cells can be found. If some are, the scientists can then examine the whale's DNA. This will allow them to confirm whether or not the whales belong to a new species. However, if it is a new species, this mystery whale wouldn't be the only one recently discovered. Just last month, Scientists announced the discovery of 20 new species in the Bolivian rainforest during an expedition there. Some of the new discoveries include the Mountain Fertilance Viper, a new variety of an extremely aggressive and venomous snake family. There is also the adder's mouth orchid, a species of flower camouflaged to look like an insect. This tricks passing bugs to investigate, which causes them to inadvertently pollinate the plant. They even found a new, small species of multicolored snake. Its colors are red, yellow, and green, matching the colors of the Bolivian flag. The scientists decided to give the snake a very patriotic name, the Bolivian flag snake. The specimens discovered in the Bolivian jungle are relatively small creatures, but an animal the size of a whale remaining undiscovered until now is very unique but it isn't the only large animal found last year from the deep blue sea. The results of an expedition to the depths of the Indian Ocean were published last April. The mission, this time explored by remotely operated vehicles, or ROVs, rather than humans, explored the Ningaloo Canyons off of Western Australia's coast, which go down to 4,500 meters, or 14,765 feet. The scientists on the expedition recorded a total of 30 species new to science. This includes a giant hydroid polyp, a relative of corals. Most coral polyps are tiny. This hydroid is 3.3 feet tall. The most amazing discovery from the expedition was a species of Apolemia, a free-floating relative of jellyfish. Its gelatinous body makes it a lightweight but its length, according to video footage, is estimated to be an astounding 154 feet long. This would make this individual one of the longest individual animals ever found. Longer than a blue whale, even. And it's hiding down in the deep ocean, where few can find it. Truly, as the psalmist wrote, they that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. That was taken from Psalm 107, verses 23 and 24. These discoveries, all from 2020 alone, are a testimony to the rich diversity of life on earth. It seems that whenever scientists visit a coral reef or a rainforest or the bottom of the abyss, there is always something new to find. And 2021 has just started. Who knows what else is out there just waiting to be found? And the natural world is more important than many realize. The Bible reveals that the natural world is, in a sense, God's penmanship and unique writing style, so to speak. It is how he reveals himself to the world. It is how he reveals himself as the creator. Genesis 1 verse 21 reads, And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly, after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. But not only does the Bible reveal God as creator, but God even challenges man through his creation. God uses the natural world to demonstrate his awesome creative power, infinitely greater than man's. To the patriarch Job, God posed this challenge. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? That was from Job 38, verses 4 and 5. And throughout this passage of the book of Job, God points to his creation as a demonstration of his abilities. Here are a few questions God gives to Job in this passage. Gavest thou the goodly wings unto the peacocks? Or the wings and feathers unto the ostrich? Hast thou given the horse strength? Does the hawk fly by thy wisdom? These are rhetorical questions, of course. He painted the peacocks with beautiful colors. He gave the horses their strength. He gave the hawk its wings. But this isn't just a challenge to Job. God gives this challenge to all of us to get to know him through his creation. Contrary to what atheists may claim, the natural world is actually proof of God's handiwork. The beauty and intricacy of Earth and its natural systems demonstrates the intelligent creativity of a master designer. You can prove God through his creation. A good place to start is our booklet, Does God Exist? by Herbert W. Armstrong. You can request your free copy at thetrumpet.com.
0: listening to the report there, I think Mahilo hit on some, uh, some really powerful Bible passages that help us to see the wonders of the ocean and the whole natural world, really, in the right context. And there's another one in Romans 1 that I think builds on what he mentioned about the oceans and the rest of the natural world teaching us about the Creator. This is in verse 20, and it talks about people observing the earth, and then it says, through everything god made they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature that's how it's stated in the new living translation and that's a powerful truth when we see beaked whales and 150 foot long jellyfish and all the other creatures in the oceans and on dry land too that all proclaims god's eternal power it helps us see his brilliance and excellence. It teaches us about his love of beauty and intricacy and variety. It helps us see that he's supremely intelligent and organized and perfectionistic, and that his power has no bounds. Mihailo also mentions Psalm 107 there, and there's another psalm, Psalm 95, that is also relevant. It says, For the Eternal is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The sea is His, and He made it. That's verses 2 through 5. And then one final passage that I'll mention here is one that could be applied to a great number of things, but I think it's very interesting to consider it in the context of oceans, especially considering how little we know about their depths. This is Ecclesiastes 7.24, and it says, That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? Well, we will leave it there today. Please send any questions or comments to tsar at kpcg.fm. And please check out the show notes for today's program for a link to the booklet, Does God Exist? And we'll also have some links to the best available maps of Mars and the moon and the deep sea floor, if you'd like to check those out. I'd like to thank Mihailo Zekic for his contribution to the episode. And we'll leave you today with the words of Walt Whitman. To me, the sea is a continual miracle. The fishes that swim, the rocks, the motion of the waves, the ships with men in them. What stranger miracles are there?